Welcome to the Econ Dev Show. We explore the strategies, ideas, and insights that are driving economic development forward into the future. future. You'll hear new insights from passionate EDs about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from attraction and retention experts about how to apply actionable strategies inside your EDO. We'll help take your organization, your community, and your career to the next level. Here's your host, Dane Carlson. Welcome back to the Econ Dev Show. Today we're here with Carrie Kelly. She is the executive director of the Arizona Association for Economic Development. So tell me about the Arizona Association for Economic I don't want to say we're the best association, but <laughs> no, it's um, a wonderful group of people, private, public, elected officials all come together. We're looking to be the voice for economic development in Arizona. So we have three major pillars, educate, advocate, and collaborate. And we build everything around those three pillars. But really what we, I think, do best is uh, bring people together to collaborate. Arizona has such like, an amazing economic development ecosystem and all different parts, even down to workforce development, to the small business development centers, to um, the Arizona Commerce Authority, all of our economic development organizations, and then like such support from the private sector as well. But I think this is the, the place where everybody can play. Economic development is such a competitive sport, but... I think what I love about it the most is that the professionals in it can really come together in a place like the associations in every state and play nice and share best practices and um, collaborate together. I see such like wide and diverse sharing across all of the different areas in Arizona. It's just a really great place to do that. That's that's interesting that you mentioned that. Assume that you did uh, professional development and probably some kind of policy work, lobbying of some kind. But that collaborative element is so important in economic development. We are only as good as our partners. We we have to work together because if we don't, ultimately at the end of the day, we all fail. So what are some of these kinds of collaborative projects or how do they work together? How do you bring them together? That's great. So we actually, believe it or not, have 18 committees. <laughs> I know that sounds like a lot. Yes, but they're all doing really important work of the organization. I've surveyed all the other associations and we have the most committees. It's a lot to manage staff-wise, but in some ways it's really great because we have so many different places for collaboration. So uh, some of them we call infinity and those are really based on geography or um, interest. Um, so we have a workforce development committee, we have a rural committee and Northern Arizona committee, Southern Arizona committee. So just it, that, like those types of organizations or types of committees that work together. And then we have our spring conference, fall forum committee, our finance committee, all different kinds of places. But especially in those affinity groups, like rural, for example, um, they're working right now on rural listening tour. So this is rural roundtables in a lot of different communities. What we're hoping to do is gain insight and knowledge into what's going on in each of those communities that we can then turn into policy and hand off to our government affairs committee for their type of work. We're coming up on a new governor in the next year. So um, really laying the base work for some of that work. We have all of these different economic developers, especially in rural communities where there's one of them and they're doing really important work for 2000 people in their community. But what's great there is that they can gain the best practices and information and knowledge of these other groups. And then they're really 
wonderful in working uh, with these partners on the different rural roundtables. So things that are happening in one community might be felt in a different community as well. One of those is, is rural housing. And this year we did a rural housing symposium. I think everybody across uh, the nation is looking at housing, so. especially yes. housing from an economic development lens. It was really funny when we started to do and put together those sessions because we got to the webinar, the launch, and one of the first uh, speakers was uh, from the Department of Housing. And they were like, well, we were wondering why the Arizona Association for Economic Development was putting this on. But now it completely makes sense because it is about the quality of life and, and what is more important than home ownership and having people stay in their houses and being able to, you know, attract a workforce and that sort of thing. There are so many different things that connect our communities and those are the affinity groups are a really great place for the economic developers to explore that. And Arizona is a surprisingly diverse place. I thought I had some familiarity with it, but I remember when I drove from California to Texas, when I moved here, that we decided to try to stay off the interstates as much as possible. And I remember driving through Arizona, most of the west side of Arizona was exactly what I thought of as Arizona. And obviously, you know, I've flown into Phoenix and I've been to Phoenix and I have relatives that live there. That was, you know, all very familiar to me. But then driving um, I think we continued on after the Grand Canyon and went to some national park. What was it? Oh, uh, a petrified forest. And then we drove south through Arizona. And it was so beautiful. I was just amazed at how different the state is, how diverse it is. So does that factor into uh, your conversation in these groups? Because as you were talking, you mentioned that you had a northern Arizona and a southern Arizona. How is that different? Tell us about that. You know, there are a lot of uh, similarities between them. Each community is so different. And I think um, you've really hit on uh, why tourism is so important for these communities. And I think also something that we don't always think of in economic development, but the arts and having that be such an important part of rural communities and, and their identity in Arizona as rural communities. We're all working together and trading best practices, but it's, it's awesome because you don't have to leave Arizona to get any kind of different landscape that you want. So you can uh, throw a dart and <laughs> you can end up in the Grand Canyon and then you're just like down in Tucson and experiencing. It's a funny state because greater Phoenix and it continues to get like a bit crude and bigger. And I live on the west side and it takes me 45 minutes to get into downtown quite a distance, which is funny because I came from Indiana and my hometown is about 50 minutes from Indianapolis, but you felt very disconnected from Indianapolis. Here, you feel very connected to Greater Phoenix, even though you're that far distance. And I think that lends to the community that's created. But you also see that in the Greater Tucson area, the Greater Flagstaff area. And then in each of those sort of rural communities, they're just like a, a really great sort of people and a synergy that happens when they work together. And we've also really created a lot of structures um, for them to do that kind of work. We have a lot of statewide organizations that do great work, not just ours, but uh, Local First Arizona, the Small Business Development Centers, Small Business Association, places that are doing those great works to help those rural communities, not just in business development, but like tourism development and brand development and all of those different things that go to the quality of life of those communities. So it's a really cool, diverse state. Certainly like Route 66 is awesome having that through the state as well. I was worked in Santa Barbara, so I was very familiar with uh, California too. And sometimes it, it doesn't feel like that much different than uh, California some of the times. Other times it's very different in terms of the way you do business or sort of the uh, rolling out the red carpet for doing business. Feels very different in the two communities, but a lot of similarities as well. 
Sure. So let's talk about that. You were doing downtown work, um, I understand, in Santa Barbara. So how did you make? How did you? How did that happen? That you made the transition to end up running an organization in Arizona? I did. Our best friends lived in the Kingman area, up in northern Arizona. So we made our way from Indiana uh, to the Kingman area, and then I was executive director of downtown Santa Barbara. And our friend again brought us back to Arizona. So we made the transition right at the beginning. It was like March of 2020. But I was just thinking about that because we're entering into March and there was such fear at that time about what was happening or are they going to close the borders or, or things like that. So it was an interesting transition. I loved my work at downtown Santa Barbara. It's such a unique downtown. It has a lot of the the uh, same qualities as other downtowns, but this the built environment is so uh, like, beautiful in a lot of ways that sort of i don't want to say hinders development but guides the development that they have down in their downtown so there's some roadblocks that happen along the way towards development of that community and that downtown but they're doing such uh, amazing work they shut down state street downtown and they're working to redesign all of that and luckily i still have a lot of friends there so i'm able to jump back in and help out where i can but it, it was quite a transition moving from working very micro to then working on an entire state level but the opportunity was was so great arizona has going on and it is so unique. I know that everybody else, it seems like around the United States is really busy. Economic developers, I hear all the time, are just really tired and really busy. But especially in Arizona, like we created the, the, the perfect ecosystem for a lot of investment and businesses coming in and new businesses and exciting new businesses and semiconductors and uh, cool cars. And, you know, like everything that you can imagine is coming into Arizona right now. And that was hard to resist <laughs> to, to move over and help out that community. I'm so used to like running into organizations and fixing them. That was my thing that I did in Indiana and in Arizona before. So it was nice to come into an organization that didn't need a bunch of fixing, but really what you're working on is getting that right thought advocacy-wise and helping out in that way. And then just like lifting up the community of economic developers that we have. I always say it's funny because we get so much um, attention and press on the business attraction side. Like every new company that opens up is interesting and cool and the, the top headline. But really what I want to do now is make business retention sexy. There's so much work that's happened um, across the nation over the last two years with just retention effort. And how do we shine the spotlight on that at the same time as we're shining the spotlight on attraction um, as well? So it's, uh, there's a lot to do, let's say, and it's an exciting time to be in Arizona. Do you think of yourself, you know, as an economic developer or are you, are you an executive director of a membership organization? How do you think about yourself? Oh man, that's such a good question. Like I, I feel like I will always think of myself as an economic developer. It's where I started and where I came from. And I've really worked in rural communities. So probably community slash economic developer, uh, perhaps is a better uh, name for what I feel like I did. But I certainly identify with economic developers. In my position, I have to write a lot about uh, what economic developers are doing, how do we educate economic developers. So I always feel like I, I have a part of that. But certainly there's a, a big part of that. And people that run organizations know that there's quite a bit difference between being an economic developer and running an organization. But that like constant fundraising and policy work 
internal policy work, like board development work, all those kinds of things are, are really important to make the organization and the association while you're doing all this other fun stuff and economic development as well. So it's an awesome convergence for me of the two things that I've done in my profession. And it's such a cool opportunity to, to get to do those on a statewide and federal level as well. Would you recommend people who are economic developers today that you know, as they advance in their career, if they find an opportunity where they could run a statewide organization, should they take that opportunity or is it, or is it to take a special kind of person? Oh, well, of course it takes a special kind of person. No, no, I think that if you're, if economic developers are interested in being in charge of an EDO or you're like a, a CEO of an organization or even an economic development director at a city, I think having and knowing some of those nonprofit principles are really important to the job or like certified public manager kinds of things are really important to those municipal jobs. So having that sort of secondary education while you're doing your economic development work and economic development education is really important. Interesting. So I saw recently, I think maybe last week, you were the IEDC sent out something and you were the spotlight uh, member of the IEDC. How did that come about? I don't know. I, I was prompted to send something in, but I'm not sure how they, maybe they drew it out of a hat or something like that. <laughs> I've become really active on the uh, the policy committee uh, with Matt Mullen, who's amazing. Like IEDC can never lose him, pay him more money. It's been a cool opportunity to get to know all these other economic developers, people that have been like in the game for like 30 years that really understand federal policy and how that relates to economic development. Like I would recommend it to anybody to get on a Nash committee because you're just going to learn so much more and expand what, in addition to getting in your state associations, please right. volunteer to be on a committee. But man, like the expertise that exists around the nation is quite remarkable. And I want them all in Arizona. So <laughs> come with us. <laughs> Good. So who are the stars in Arizona economic development? Who's really rocking it? Oh, that's like, it's so funny because so they're doing that that consult connect is having their like top 50 and we had three last year and i'm pushing for i want 10 on that list sure. um, because we just have so many rock stars in arizona but last year christine mackey from the city of phoenix was on chris camaccio from gpec and then carla moran who's on our board um, our executive committee from srp was on that and certainly uh, they've been recognized you know nationally and internationally gpec and then the city of mesa were the number one and two recognized organizations from IEDC this year, which is like incredible to have the first and second right. be from Indi or from Arizona. <laughs> um, so that was very cool. Anybody, our our current president is works for the city of Mesa. She's the deputy director, Lori Collins. So she's definitely a rock star, but oh man, like you, we have such incredible people leading all these economic development organizations, but then underneath them, there's also like this level of incredible people as well. I know we've had a lot of influx of people from other states that have come to work in Arizona too. And I have to believe it's just based on what we have going on in Arizona, but also the strength of the leaders that we have in Arizona. And Absolutely. then at the state level, we've got like Sandra Watson, who's been there for a number of years and developed a lot of great leadership under her. So it's just everywhere. Like it just exists everywhere. And I've never had a, a bad interaction with any of them. Anything I've needed anything, they've been right there to help out. So it's just a great system that fostered here in Arizona. You're plainly all doing something right there. I remember right before the pandemic in late 2019, I was in a meeting with a site selector and he was talking through what we're doing wrong in Texas 
in his opinion. The entirety of the meeting was, look to Arizona, look at Arizona. And that was two years ago. And obviously the world in some ways stood still for the last two years. In other ways, has made great uh, strides forward. We always like to raise our fist at Texas. So that's nice to hear. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so funny because you're, it, it is a, you're really competing against Texas, California, and all these other states. And then you guys, I'm sure, experience it too within the different sectors. But then like you come to a conference and everybody's, hey, let's get a beer. Let's like that's talk nice. about what you're doing and here's how I can help you. And like, it's just, it's the best profession. It is, absolutely. So how did you get into this profession? Because you didn't go to school for this. Most economic developers don't go to school for it originally. So how did you end up here? So um, quite by accident. So I worked at a law firm in a small town in Indiana, and we did municipal representation. And I will say that economic development was sometimes like a, a four-letter word in our rural community. Planning and zoning would be the other four-letter word um, in our community. So as they didn't outwardly want to do economic development, but there was a lot of need for it. There was like a commerce park that was in name only, but a lot of projects that needed to, to take place. And so I was doing some of that work on the side. At the same time, I got involved with the legal woman. It was very popular in my small hometown. And they had an economic development committee. And one of the leaders was like, oh, you're going to lead this. And I was like, that's okay. What's economic development? <laughs> so it was a, a whole learning session. The, the great thing about my hometown Crawfordsville is that we have Wabash College, um, and we always got an influx of amazing uh, professors and their spouse. But one of them, her spouse, was the um, deputy director at OCRA, the Office of Community and Rural Affairs, so the statewide organization in Indiana for economic development. I was like, Mike, help me out. So he was like, this is what economic development is. This is what it looks like. This is what you do. So definitely that like original mentorship was extremely helpful in trying to figure out what economic development even was. That that brings up the, the next question that I had. I wanted to talk about mentors and mentorships. You sound like you're a great proponent of them. Were you mentored and who who assisted you and brought you up? Definitely uh, Mike Fisson. I will call him out by name. He was the one in Indiana that really got me interested in this and told me that there was a profession behind it. At the same time, I was doing a lot of like nonprofit work and strategic planning and that sort of thing. And I really saw where that led into economic development as well. There is nothing I love more now than an economic strategic plan. And I will tell everybody that they need one and they need to have one. And I wish they didn't cost upwards of a lot of money at this point, but so important to the community. So I really saw, saw that connection and especially with his help through that. Um, and there are so many people just nonprofit wise that helped along the way as well. But probably, gosh, I probably have had the best mentors even since I took this position and just uh, the depth of their knowledge and guiding a lot of um, our professional education classes. And I did not come from a business attraction side, getting to sit in and I'm like, tell me, how did you get this place? And tell me <laughs> how you attracted this. And just learning from them has been extremely helpful in uh, all of this process. And especially as we're looking at incentives and building up toolboxes and that sort of thing, definitely not a realm that I came from, but we've been teaching it and it's been a lot of fun to learn along. We also run a basic economic development course, like a lot of associations in different states. And now I've sat through two of those courses and I swear I learn something every single time I do that. I think any kind of education that we can sit through and learn from is, is really important. And we're looking to try to build that. But just at our association too, we started a mentorship program last year. So we had five mentors and mentees. 
And that program went really well. So we're looking to expand that in the next year. And that really is, it's actually, we have one person who had an economic development master's in our association. So we've got one, we're looking to hopefully expand that at uh, the university level and hopefully get a master's program here in economic development. I think that would be key to growing our own in Arizona. Uh, but just building up that mentorship program, pairing those people with people that can help their careers. And I think even without the informal program, that's probably happened in Arizona, formalizing that and having some fun, uh, you know, prizes that is attached to that has been beneficial for us as well. So you would recommend that everybody go out and find a mentor if, if they don't already have one or find another one, huh? Yes, absolutely. No. And like, don't limit it to just one. They're, and you need expertise in so many different things to be an economic developer. And there are going to be experts in marketing and experts in branding and in business attraction and workforce development. And, and you could probably have you know, eight mentors um, over your career, but those are going to be so important to building your knowledge of, of what you do as an economic developer. That was excellent advice. And as you were talking, I was thinking through like, oh, this would work or how this, how that should work. Cause, but yes, there should be a grand overarching system where people come in and get paired up and move forward. It, it's so important. I think I don't really have any, I, that I've never really been a mentor, but as you talk about this, I think, you know what, that would be so important. And truthfully, I get to talk to all of you on the podcast here. And so it's really useful. I find that I learn something every time I talk to somebody, I just get this whole other perspective and we just need to take that. And everybody needs to take advantage of that, even if they don't think they need it, or even if they aren't that haven't been historically that kind of person. So yeah, I would absolutely recommend it. I was never the type of person that was going to seek somebody out. There was a system for doing that. And Mike Fisson just fell into my lap. I feel like we went to the same church. It was easy. Uh, other, like, I was just not going to be the type, especially in my 20s, seek out somebody and be like, help me. I, I need to learn and experience different things. Uh, but having that sort of program would have been very helpful for me. So it does the Arizona program, does it, is it structured? and give us, give you some points to hit or how does that work? Yeah. So we do tie in a lot of like professional education opportunities with it. So you get some free classes, but really it's, it's been loose enough um, in the first year that um, you have to meet monthly with your uh, mentor and the mentee. So however that works over Zoom, over coffee, however that, that works for them. And just to check in and to see how you're doing, if you have any questions, and then get insight into some of the projects that they're doing, or if they have questions, how the mentor can um, provide some input into programs that they're already running or thinking about running. I think it's been important for especially some of our BRE people. I think a lot of the time when newer people are hired in a bigger municipality, sometimes they're given BRE without a lot of like background or how do you talk to a business? How do you get them to turn on financial information that you might need? And having that person to talk and work through some of those things has, I think, been really good for what we've experienced with our, our program this year. That is good. That is excellent advice. So, so speaking of BRNE, you said you wanted to make it sexy. How would you go about making BRNE sexy? I want a news article every time uh, like a business doesn't go out for business <laughs> or if they've done something amazing or if they've opened a new website or I just think there has to be a mechanism in which we can celebrate businesses that are doing awesome work, but not necessarily like a lot of the times you have come in and you cut the ribbon and it's great. You've opened your business, but that's all <laughs> that you get. You don't get the like paths along the way when you've done something amazing or you've hit a million dollars or things like that. And just having 
those kind of mechanisms in place. I think that City of Tucson is just something interesting where they're um, honoring legacy organizations and businesses. So I think, I forget what the criteria is, but maybe over 50 years or something, they get a special recognition for that and a listing. And that's important to community to celebrate those. I don't know. I think it's so often, it's difficult. Maybe economic developers, it's not. They keep this close, but for me, I always like to tell myself that like small businesses are like your your aunt that's taken their savings and opened a business. And how critical is it that you provide that sort of bridge from the city to what they do as the organization or the, at the, the business level and how you can bridge that and how you can provide them services that keeps them, keeps them there and keeps their, uh, then their kids can uh, run the business or um, expand the business at some point. And um, like, it's just, it's so, small business is so personal and, and finding ways that we can uplift those small businesses in each of the communities is critical. And well, I don't know we, how to make it sexy, but we're going to find a way, darn it. Good. Uh, I, we look forward to that. I am looking forward to seeing what comes out of Arizona, making br and sexy. Maybe that's a show title. I don't know. But we... It's true though. It's absolutely the case. And I was in the chamber of commerce world and that's what you try to do. But truthfully, it's hard because it's not what is there to celebrate, but how do you celebrate the small wins that are there? I think it's also just as economic developers have been like so busy this year, like small business owners are so busy constantly. Like how often can they just sit back and be like, wow, I did that really well. Or well, that worked really well. Like it's just a constant in motion, staying alive, sure. keeping your business open. What are you doing next? That that I think it's hard for even them to step away and celebrate the the good times. But man, as economic developers, we got to find that way to to lift them up too. Absolutely, we do. Well, Carrie, this has been a fascinating conversation. We've gone in directions that I was not expecting and you're a great guest and I would love to have you back when you get this BR&E thing figured out. That would be great. How should, if I, yeah, absolutely. We'll have to talk about that later. But um, if any of our listeners are in Arizona and want to reach out or if they are in other states and they want to reach out and talk to you, what is the best way for them to contact you? Definitely email or LinkedIn. LinkedIn, I'm just Carrie Kelly. Uh, Email, I'm carry at aaed.com. Pretty easy. I certainly will always respond to texts or emails more than um, phone calls, but I don't think I'm alone in being millennial in that way. Plus, there's webinars every single hour. I'm not sure if people know that, but it can be on a webinar every hour. So getting those texts or emails, it's helpful that you can multitask at the same time you're, you're doing a webinar or listening to a podcast. That's right. That's right. Carrie, it's been excellent. Thank you so much. And we'll have you on again. Awesome. Well, it's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. You've been listening to the Econ Dev Show with Dane Carlson. If you're an economic developer who never stops learning, for more expert strategies, fresh insights, and new ideas to take your career, organization, and your community to the next level, visit us on the web at econdevshow.com. 